Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. So what I want to do today is I want to have a church family huddle. Amen? Now, when I talk about church, I want to challenge you to think more than this building. The building is not the church. I want you to think community. I want you to think relationship. I want you to think about the person sitting next to you, in front of you, two rows behind you, on the other section of the the church. I want you to think people. Church is not this building. Church is every single one of us, our relationship, our community. So that's what I want to do today, and I want to share some good news with you about some things that have been happening already and some things that are going to happen. Are you excited about that? Amen. Let's pray, and then we'll jump into today's message. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your wonderful presence in this place. Lord, you are moving. We just sang, Lord, about making this place like in heaven, where you rule, where you reign, where your attributes, Father, are available to us. So Lord, whether hearts came in tired, worried, anxious, desperate, in need of a touch, I pray that you would minister to every single person. And Lord, today we're going to celebrate what you have been doing through us here in Dayspring. But we're also going to talk about what you want to do. And I pray, Lord, that through the Spirit, you would create unity among us. You would create excitement among us to believe you and to believe that you could do what you have called us to do through us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. You know, uh, throughout my life uh, and throughout my week, I constantly ask myself a couple of questions about everything that I do. And two of the very important questions that I constantly keep asking myself is the question, what and why? And I think those two questions are very important because a lot of times we can end up doing things out of routine, we can end up doing things out of pressure, and we can even give up doing things that we should do simply because we grew discouraged. So whenever uh, myself, why should I keep doing that? Whenever my kids are acting up and the Mexican inside of me wants to come out, uh, and and I ask myself, why should I try to be an understanding and wise godly parent? Whenever Sunday rolls around, And it's six in the morning and the alarm sounds. I ask myself, why should I go to church? When my flesh wants to do the things that it craves, but are contrary to what Christ has commanded us to do, I ask myself, why should I deny my flesh and continue to honor God? See, what and why are very important. And today as a church, I want us to ask What are we doing as a church and why should it matter or why does it matter? 
What are we doing? What is our vision? What is our goal? What are we trying to accomplish? How do we know if we're winning or not? And most importantly, why? What motivates us? Why why shouldn't we give up? Now, let me tell you why these two questions are very important. What speaks about our vision? And they'll put this up here on the screen. What speaks about our vision? What do we want to accomplish? What do we want to reach? Can we get that slide, guys? It's not on there. There we go. And why speaks about our motivation. What moves us? Why should we do what we do? Why don't we give up? These are two very important questions. Let's go to the next one. Let's go to the why. Come on, you guys got to keep up with me. What and why, right? What are we doing as a church? And why are we doing it as a church? Now, I don't know if you know the answer to that, but I'm going to give it to you. And if you're new, and if you're new, this is going to be new to you. If you're not new, this should not be new to you. And I want to answer both of those questions with one sentence. Are you ready? Here it is. What is our what and what is our why? Well, our what and our why can be summed up in the following sentence. We want to change the world one person at a time. We want to change the world one person at a time. That is our what and that is our why. That is, that is what we want to do as a church. We want to change the world one person at a time. And that speaks about what we believe about the church, about the kind of power, about the kind of influence, about the kind of difference that the church can make. We believe that we as a church can change the world. But it also tells us about the why. I don't know if you've been watching the news or not, but even if you haven't, it's not hard to know that the world is not getting better. That things are getting worse by, it used to be by the month and it used to be by the day. Now it seems to be by the hour. We don't know how things are going to escalate with Israel and Hamas. We don't know how other nations are going to respond. When we walk out of here, we could be in a war, possibly a nuclear war, because the world is getting worse. And see, what's going to improve the world is not government. It's not education. It's not any other institution. Because the hope of the world is not found in any other institution, but is found in Jesus Christ and in his church. So you and I, listen, here's the truth, whether you believe in God or not, okay? Here's the truth. You are either going to make this world a better place or a worse place by the way you live. Your life, your existence will either make the world a better place or a worse place. And we believe we can change the world one person at a time because we believe that our lives make a difference. Can I, can I illustrate this for you? Can I make it a little bit more personal? Let me show you how true this is. For some of you, for some of you, we all, in fact, we all have somebody in our lives that if they came to Christ, their world and our world would change. Maybe it's your husband. Or your wife, that if they came to Christ, oh, your world would be a whole different world. 
Maybe it's a son or a daughter or all of your children that even said, man, if they came to Christ, my world and their world would be completely different, would be better. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's somebody that you love that if you said, man, if they came to Christ, it would be a whole different story. But not just that, not just that. Isn't it also true that the world changed when you came to Christ? You went from doing drugs and possibly selling drugs to not doing that anymore? You went from possibly abusing your spouse and your kids to now being a good, a good uh, uh, family member? We are, the world changed when we change. Because that's the power. That is the significance. That is the difference that it makes. Amen. So when we talk about why do we gather every Sunday in at 930? Well, here's why. We don't always talk about it, but this is what moves us. This is, this, is, this is our marching orders. This is our goal, and this is our motivation. Amen. We want to change the world one person at a time. I, I'm praying with some of you because you have loved ones that you're believing that they're going to be here with you worshiping Christ. Amen. There's people in this room that are the answer to the prayer of another family member from a few weeks or months or years ago where we were praying that you would be here and now you're here. So, so, so we believe this. So then the question now becomes, well, pastor, how are we doing as a church then? If that is our what and that is our why, then how are we doing? How are things? Well, I want to give you some numbers. I want to give you some numbers and I want to share them with you because uh, these are not all that matter, but they're important. They tell us a lot about how well we are doing here. And the first number I want to give you is the number of our attendance. And I want to show you something, okay? Um, And check this out. In 2020, you guys remember what happened in 2020? Oh, well, they put it up there. But you remember what happened in 2020? COVID happened. Remember, everybody went home and we hid and and we were in our pajamas seven days a week. Remember? So we don't have a specific number for 2020 of what our attendance was because a big part of it was online. Towards the end of the year, we began to open up the church and we began to meet. I don't, some of you may not remember this. Some of you do. We did all kinds of crazy experiments. Remember that? We met in here with masks and then we even had a service outside and then we even moved it to the evening. We did all kinds of crazy things and it was messy. Can I confess something to you? I, I've said it before. I thought that I was done as a pastor during that period. Mark, I don't know if you remember, I think uh, uh, Mark and Steve, Steve will remember, there was one Sunday where there was like six of us in here. Six of us. I think uh, Rosa was the one other person that was here and I was like, oh my gosh, day spring died. <laughs> Seriously. I wasn't sure if you were going to come back or who was going to come back. And it was scary. So, so we don't have a specific number. But in 2021... This is our average number. This is what we average. This is not all Sundays. Some Sundays are lower, some Sundays are higher. But in 2021, our number, our average was 131. Can we go to the next slide, ladies, please? Was 131, right? So from 60 or 6 to 131, praise God, everybody started coming back. We were grateful. And then in 2022, we grew even more. We went from 131 to 146. We grew by 15 people on average. 
As of now, in 2023, and we're not done, our average for 2023, it's 169. I thought you would be excited about that. Amen. Now, let me tell you why you didn't get excited. Because you don't know the following information. Let me give you some information. Seven out of 10 churches in America average less than 100 people. Seven out of 10 churches in America average less than 100 people. In fact, 65% of all churches have fewer than 65 people. And only, here's another one, and only 34% of all churches are growing, which means 65, 66% are declining. So can you guys go back to the previous slide of all the uh, averages of the year? So when you have that information in mind, this is a big reason to praise God for. Amen? When I saw this, I was like, Man, God, you are so good. I thought we were done. And, and, and maybe I was done, but you weren't done. So, so we went from like not knowing how many people we had during COVID to 131, 146, 169. And they say, well, pastor, those aren't big jumpers. Well, when you consider that 66% of the churches are declining and we are not, that is a big reason to praise God. Now, we're grateful for that. And and this is what we can count. But I want to show you one last number. In 2024, I want to challenge us to grow an average 200. Do you believe we can do that? Amen. I believe we have room for 200 people. And even if we weren't to fit in this place, we would do something. But we are not going to stop growing. Amen. Amen. So in 2024, we want to break that 200 barrier. Now, here's why I'm showing you this. Because this, this is not me. This is you. This is not me. I have no magic to make any of this happen. That's you. That's you inviting your friends. That's you coming. That's you telling people about Dayspring and about Jesus. So, So this is a big reason to praise God for. Amen. So let me give you a second number. I want to show you a second number. The second number I want to show you is regarding life groups. It's regarding life groups. We are not a church with life groups. We are a church of life groups. Now, I want to show you again. Back in 2020, we had no life groups. Does anybody remember what happened in 2020? COVID, right? COVID. So we didn't have any life groups. But in 2021, we began life groups and we only did it for half the year. We did it after the summer and we were averaging 69 people in life groups. Okay. In 2022, we jumped to 72. So we grew a little bit. Okay. In 2023, as of now, we've grown even a little bit more and we're at 82. Okay. Stop right there. Stop right there. We're at 82. What does that mean? That means that about half of you are not in a life group. (laughs) You're not in a life group and you ought to get in a life group. And I'm going to tell you in a minute why this matters. Okay. This number could jump overnight and become our biggest number if you made a decision today. In 2024, here's what I want to challenge us to do. I want to challenge us 
to have 120 people in a life group. That's what I want to challenge us to do. Now, if you're saying, Pastor, you guys have life groups throughout the week. I got like 10 kids and no time for life groups. Well, we have some good news for you. We have a, a group that meets on Fridays called Celebrate Life at 6.30. You could come join them, amen? And if that doesn't work for you, Sundays at 8 a.m., Steve has a Bible study that you could join. And if you say, Pastor, that's too early. Well, even more good news. At 12, he's got another group that you can join. So my question now becomes, what's your excuse? Spanish. Oh, and there's one in Spanish. Yeah. If you're, if you're like, you know, I'm trying to learn English, but I'm really not confident. Pastor Manolo has a, has a group in Spanish. Now, now, and, and Palmdale. And if you live in Palmdale, if you're like, it's too far, we go on Sundays. Steve also has another group in Palmdale. Let me give you a few other numbers. Hey, Amen. Let me give you a few other numbers, and then um, I'll tell you why these numbers matter. As of now, as of last Sunday, we have had 39 people get saved and receive Jesus here at Dayspring. Amen? This is one of my favorite ones next. We have had 11 baby dedications. Amen? When it comes to baptisms, we had seven people get baptized so far. And we're not done. We still have another uh, baptism coming up. And we've had 11 people decide to become official members of the church. Amen. So, so, so those are great numbers, right? And, and you're probably wondering, well, Pastor, what about finances? I thought you were going to tell us about finances. I don't like talking a lot about money because it could be convoluted. But, but here's what I will tell you. What I will tell you is that we need about $8,300 a month to cover our basic expenses. Let me say that again. We need about $8,300 a month to cover our basic expenses, our water, our gas. Those of you that own homes, you know how expensive gas and electricity has become, right? You know how, those of you that own an AC, uh, a central unit at home, you know how expensive it is to maintain. We have four units in our church, right? So it takes about $8,300 to cover our basic expenses. So if you give 25 bucks and you say, man, that's more than enough, I want you to just kind of measure that and see if it does or not. Man, we're not going to talk about money, but I did want to show you that. Now, why, why focus on attendance and life groups? Why focus on those two? Well, let me tell you why. Because our attendance, if we're not growing, that means that we are an inward-focused church and we're not reaching out. So I showed you our attendance because that means that new people are adding. And if new people are adding, it's because we are reaching out. Let me, let me tell you a word that if you're a church person, you should like. It's called evangelism. 
And it is the mission that God gave us to go out and tell as many people about the Lord. So our attendance should matter, not because we want to be able to say, oh, I go to a church that's this big. No, we want to look at our attendance because we want to know, are we reaching out or have we become a secluded, exclusive group that is inward focused? And as of now, I am so glad that we have not become inward focused. That we're reaching out, that we're telling people, that we're welcoming people, that people are visiting and they like it and they feel comfortable and they make Dayspring their home. And life groups, life groups matter because life groups tell us about the second important thing that Jesus asked us to do. He said, go and tell people and make what? Disciples out of them. We don't want people to just know about Jesus. We want people to grow in Jesus. And that's why life groups matter. That's why if you're not in a life group, let me tell you something very respectfully, but very lovingly. Chances are that your faith is not growing. If your faith only consists of Sundays, let me ask you, how healthy would you be if you only drank water on Sundays? You would die. So, Life groups matter because in life groups is where discipleship happens. I love my life group. I love my life group. And by the way, my life group is closed. You can't, nobody can join our life group anymore. And I dare you to ask this. Tony's is open. Manolo's is open. Martha's is open. I dare you to ask any one of the people in my life group, ask them if they are learning biblical truths. Especially this last Wednesday. Oh man, we're talking about Job and we got into some serious questions. Why does God allow punishment? And does he have the right to do that? So it's not enough for people to know about Christ. We want them to grow in Christ and with one another. So that's why those two numbers matter. Now, I want to I tell you about what's coming up ahead. But before I tell you that, I want to share something with you. I love my wife. I love her. I really do. And she has this one thing about her that I love and at the same time, I dislike. <laughs> I do. And you're probably like, oh, my wife's got a bunch of those too. Um, but I'm not talking about your wife. I'm talking about mine. And, and, you know, I'm grateful for it. But then when it comes to like doing, doing that thing, she, um, uh, I don't like it as much. And you're wondering, well, what is that, Pastor? Let me tell you what it is. Lorena has this one thing where she doesn't want us, she doesn't let us settle in our marriage. She doesn't let us get comfortable. She wants us to get better, to communicate better, to love better, to understand better, to talk better, to parent better. And she's always challenging me. She's always uh, nudging me, you know, and like, no, we got to grow. We got to be more. And I love it because I want to be better, but I hate it because it's hard to be better, isn't it? It's a lot easier to go sit in front of the couch than it is to say, all right, honey, you got an hour of my time. Let's sit sit down and talk about what's going on, right? And I love that about her, but it also challenges me. But I share that with you. I share that with you because that's the attitude we ought to have for church. We're not a perfect church. We're not a perfect church. But as you've seen, we are a healthy and growing church. Amen? 
We're not a perfect church, but we can be better. We can grow better. We can be better disciples. We can be better servants. We can be better Christians. How? How can we become better? How do we as a local small community called Day Spring become better? Well, I want to show you and I want you to go with me to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16. And I want us to read this one verse. And in this verse, there are two things that we can do to be better. Are you ready? Look at what it says. It says, this is Paul speaking about Jesus. He says he makes the whole body, and in case you don't know what the whole body is, it's what? The church. He makes the whole body fit together what? Perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow, and look at this, so that the whole body is what? Healthy and growing and full of love. The end result, what we all want is a church that is growing and healthy and full of love, right? What we all want is to be thin, to be healthy, to look good, to to be good. But what we don't want is what? We don't want to stop eating donuts. We don't want to stop eating pan dulce. We don't want to stop eating pupusas, right? What we want is a good marriage where we love each other, where we understand each other. What we don't want to do is what? Invest in counseling. Sit down and and find solutions for our challenges, right? The goal always has a cost. And Paul says, we want the church to be growing, healthy, and full of love. Let me ask you a question. Wouldn't you want to belong to a church like that? Wouldn't you want to be in a church where when you showed up, you saw new faces consistently? Wouldn't you want to be in a church that is healthy, where there's no division, there's no drama, there's no gossip, there's no hurting one another? Wouldn't you want to be in a church that is full of love, where somebody's in need, people respond, when there's things going on, the church responds? Wouldn't you want to be in a church like that? Let me tell you something. I believe that everybody's looking for a church like that. You ready for this? But not everybody's willing to be that kind of church. It's like single people who want to find the perfect person, but they don't want to be the perfect person. It'll just find you the right man, find you the right woman. Well, I've said this on many occasions. Even if you were to find the right man and the right woman, would that right man, right woman be looking for somebody like you? And the same is true of the church. If you say, man, I want to go to a church that's growing, a church that's that's healthy, and a church that's full of love. But, But are we growing? Are we healthy? And are we full of love? So what does it take to get that outcome? Well, I want to show you two things that I believe that every single one of us can do to help Dayspring become a healthy and growing church. you with me? Number one, you can fill this out in your outline. Number one, the first thing you got to do is recognize God placed you here. Recognize God placed you here. Look at what the beginning of that verse says. It says, he makes the whole body, what? Fit together 
perfectly. I love how another translation says it. They'll put it up here in the screen. It says, Christ has put each part of the church in what? In its rightful place. Hear me out. It is no accident. It is no mistake that you are at Dayspring. God placed you here. God knew what he was doing. And you are here, not by coincidence, not by mistake. You are here because God wanted you here. And maybe you're saying, no, 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 that's not true, Pastor. There was a cute girl, and I started coming because I was hoping to connect with her. That's why I'm here. Or maybe you're saying, no, 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 no. I'm here because I got a couple of friends, and they come here, and I just want to be with them, you know? But let me tell you, whatever you think your motive was, God was working behind those motives to bring about his sovereign will for your life. And maybe he knew that it would take a cute girl to get you here, and he got her and you here. And maybe he knew that it was going to take some friends to get you here. So he got them and you here. But here's what you got to know. Here's what you have to be willing to acknowledge. You are here, not by mistake, but because God brought you here. Okay. Back, you know, my wife and I, we were so happy being youth pastors. We were happy. And, and, and I could say this humbly. I think we were having success at youth, as youth pastors. We were making youth camps. And in the last youth camp we had, we had over 350 people go to the camp. It, they were amazing camps. And all of a sudden, Pastor Frank came and he ruined our lives. <laughs> he came and he said, Nestor... We have an English congregation in Panorama, and we think we need, we know we need to have something in English for the youth that are outgrowing the youth ministry to go to and belong to. And, she's, and he said to us, we would like to ask you and Lorena to become the campus pastors of our English congregation. And, and, and Lorena didn't want to, and, and, and I'm not throwing her under the bus. She didn't want to. She wanted to be a youth pastor for the rest of her life. I knew God wanted us to, but I also kind of didn't want to. And in wrestling with God about that, I made one request of God. And I said, God, I don't want to. I'm not too excited about it, but I'll do it. But I want to make one request. Would you surround me with the people necessary to get it done? And I clearly heard from God, you got it. So let me tell you something. If you're here, it is not a mistake. It is not a coincidence. It is an answer to my prayer. God, bring the right people around to get done what you want us to get done. You are not here by mistake. God placed you here. And if you are not sure that God placed you here, well, then you better go back to the church you came from because that's where God may want you. But if you're here, God brought you here. God knows who, who he brings. And with this in mind, let, let, let me make this pastoral warning. We got to take very, very serious this whole thing of skipping church or, or, or skipping from church to church to church. It is very unhealthy and it is very damaging to your life and to the church. If you are changing churches like you change pants, something is wrong. How 
healthy would a tree be if one month we planted in one place and then we uprooted it and we moved it to another place and then we moved it to another city and then we moved it to another place. How healthy would that tree be? Not healthy at all. Listen, that's why, that's why I admire people like Martha, people like Steve, like Commander Rudy and Denise who are not just faithful Sunday after Sunday, but have been faithful to the place God has put them. We've been through COVID. We've been through transitions. We've been through church moves and they have remained faithful to the place that God has put them in. You want Dayspring to be healthy and growing? You have to acknowledge that God placed you here and you got to take that serious. And you're saying, but, but, But God, I'm not too happy here. Well, maybe God put you here to make you better here. And there's some really annoying people around you that he wants to use to help you to be patient, to help you to be loving. Maybe there's some really stingy people around you that God brought you here on purpose to make you generous and to make you loving. Can God do that? Yes, he can. Don't we want him to make us better? Yes, we do. Amen. So second thing, second thing we can do. Second thing we can do to help Dayspring be healthy and growing is that we have to accept that God gave me something to do. We have to accept that God gave me something to do. Look at what that verse continues to say. It says, as each part does its own special work. You know why God brought you here? To make a difference. God brought you here to grow personally and also to help the community grow. God brought you here not to warm up a chair, not to consume the pan in the cafe. God brought you here to make a difference. Every single one of us, hear me out, every single one of us, from the youngest person in this room to the oldest person in this room, we each have a task that God wants us to do. There's something that only you can do that I can't do. There's a lot of things that I can do that you wouldn't want me to do. You wouldn't want me worshiping. You wouldn't want me playing the piano. You wouldn't want Manolo playing the piano. Have you seen that happen? Listen, you wouldn't want me decorating. You you don't want me in the nursery. You don't want me with your kids. You'll never come back. Right? And that's okay because God didn't give me that assignment. What is the assignment that God gave me? What I'm doing right now. But God gave each and one of us an assignment. And God brought you here to make a difference. And our church will grow. And our church will be healthy. And our church will be full of love. When every single one of us understands and accepts, I have a task to do and I need to get involved. I need to tag in. I love that expression. We're going we're gonna to make that our day spring ex, uh, expression. Tag in. Why tag in? Because listen, I don't know if you know this, but one of the things that we believe in day spring is that you shouldn't have to serve every Sunday, but that you should at least once a month do it. The teachers that are in the kids ministry, we ask them to do it once a month. We want our worship team to do it once a month. Why? So that more people are doing it and so that we can get some rest as well. We need somebody to step up and tell Steve, Steve, you do one Sunday, I do one Sunday. You disciple one Sunday, I'll do the other one. We all have a task to do. And our church will not become all it's meant to be till every single one of us understands that, accepts that, and moves on it. 
And we say, Pastor, I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to teach. You know, that's not the only things we do here. You know those beautiful decorations out there? I didn't do them. But some of you could have done them. You know that these chairs don't align themselves? It doesn't take a whole lot of skill to do that. It just takes willingness. You know our gutters, they get clogged up. And when it rains, you get all soaked up when you're coming in. Almost any gentleman in here could do that. When we have baptism, setting up the pool, could you help do that? In the cafe, putting coffee or cleaning the cafe after, could you help? See, we could all do something. Amen. Amen. We could all do something. Now, look at what the following part of that verse says. It says, as each part does its own special work, look at this, it helps the other parts, what? Grow. Are you familiar with the concept of synergy? Do you know what synergy is? Synergy is a word to use what happens when when two parts unite and the sum of those parts is greater than what it would be of those parts individually. Let me explain what that means. If I'm able, if I'm able to lift 100 pounds and Manolo can only do 30 pounds. No, he could also do 100 pounds. We've gone to the gym. If I could do 100 pounds and he could do 100 pounds and we together say, okay, we're going to lift it together. You would think, well, if each can lift 100, that means they can both lift 200. But you know what synergy means? Synergy means that when we unite What we're able to lift is greater than what we can lift individually. So that when we come together, instead of being able to lift 200 pounds, we could possibly do 400 or 500 pounds. When you tag it, when you become part of the serving team, we don't just double. We synergize the whole thing. And we're able to do a lot more. And that is exactly what Paul is telling us to do. So in the coming Sundays, one of the things that we're going to do is that we're going to have donuts with the pastor. And it's going to be a weekday and we're going to open it. And what I want to do is I just want to spend time with anybody that wants to come and say, Pastor, I'm interested in getting involved. Here's what my schedule looks like. Here's what my gifts are. Here's what my interest is. How can I help? And we'll eat donuts and drink coffee as we do that, okay? I'm going to cheat for you, okay? I don't need donuts anymore, but I'm going to cheat because I love you, okay? So we'll tell you about that. We'll tell you about that. But, but let me tell you a couple of things that are coming up. In your bulletin, you should have gotten a holiday calendar. Would you pull that out? Let me tell you about the things that are coming up. The opportunities coming up that we have to be a growing, healthy church. Are you ready? You got that. Don't put them up here in the screen. We printed that out, not so that you could throw it in the trash, put it in your purse, put it in your, in your fridge, put it in your wardrobe, put it somewhere so that you know what's coming up. Let me tell you about those events. Coming up, we have our Thanksgiving potluck, and that's going to be Tuesday, November 21st at 6.30. Hear me out, church. Look at me. Don't look at the calendar. We're going to look at each one by one. Don't worry about it, okay? You can take that home. It's free, Okay. On Thanksgiving Day, on that Thanksgiving potluck, that is a great opportunity to invite somebody to church. Hey, our church is having this big feast. You want to come? There's going to be tons of free food. You want to come? It's going to be free for them, but not free for you because we are going to do the potluck. (laughs) 
don't be, don't, don't be a freeloader now, okay? We're going to have signups in the coming weeks so that we can all bring something and have a lot to share. On that day, we're going to open up the sanctuary. We're going to open up the stage and we're going to invite you to publicly thank God for the good things he's done in your life. And I know some of you guys say, but I'm shy. I, you're not shy to ask for prayer petition. So we need to give God glory and say, I'm grateful for that cabezón of a husband that God gave me. He's helped me to be more patient and I love him. Okay, so that's Thanksgiving. Great opportunity, not only to invite, but also to serve. We're going to need help serving food. Let me tell you about the next event after that. Uh, We're going to have our mental health support group on Tuesdays. In a couple of weeks, we're going to start a new series called Quite Not Okay. And we're going to take two weeks to talk about mental health. And the Lord has placed in my heart to focus on grieving. We don't know how to grieve. When we get bad news, people run to alcohol. People go and hide. People, people hurt themselves because we don't know how to grieve spiritually. So we're going to take two Sundays to talk about mental health and how to talk specifically to talk about grieving. But once we're done with those Sundays, on Tuesday... Melissa is going to be with us. She is a professional uh, psychologist. She's going to be with us, and she's going to lead a group uh, where you can find support, where you can find encouragement, where you can find tools. We're going to do that for three Tuesdays. I don't know if you know this, but for people who struggle with mental health issues, which is one out of five Americans, the months of October, November, December, and January are the hardest. So we want to be a church that's loving. Amen? So we're going to make that available. The next event is our Christmas musical. And this is our big event. This is our huge event. We are going to make a big deal out of that day. Sunday, December 17. And I want you to notice something. We are having our big Christmas celebration a week before Christmas. You know why? I'm going to tell you why, okay? Because the majority of us in here are Hispanic. One day is the one day on Christmas where we do our big party, the 24th. So the 24th lands on a Sunday. We're still going to have church, but it's going to be a lot easier so that you can focus on your family, you can focus on your loved ones, you can focus on the tamales that you're going to make. Amen? So we're going to do our celebration one week before. That day, we want to fill this place. Listen, our highest attendance ever has been 334. I want to challenge you that this Christmas, we would break 350 people. But we all got to invite. We're going to go out to the community invite. We're going to send mailers. We're going to give you postcards to invite your friends. That is going to be the big day. We're going to have a musical. It's going to be amazing. If you want to be part of the choir, if you want to audition to have a part in the musical, talk to Mimi. Mimi, raise your hand. Talk to her. We want to have a choir that day. We want to have a lot of specials. It's going to be amazing. We've never done a musical. That is going to be the first time. And let me tell you something. It's going to be great. Amen? You want to know something? Well, you don't know this. So do you know when we do most of our growing? After big days. You know why? Because on big days, you invite friends and family. And you invite people who come and are touched by God. And they said, I want to come back or I want to stay. So you know why I believe we can reach 200? Because I believe you'll invite. And I believe that when they come, they'll like it and they'll want to stay. 
Amen? So that's going to be our Christmas musical. And then the next event is going to be our candlelight service, Sunday, December 24th. Listen to this. That Sunday, we're going to start church at 10 o'clock, not 9.30. Only that Sunday. You hear me? Only, I know some of you come like we start at 10 o'clock, okay? We don't. We start at 9.30. But on that Sunday, we're going to start at 10 o'clock. We're going to have one-hour service. But from 9.30 to 10 o'clock in our cafe, we're going to have tamales and champurrado. For those of you that want to come and just fellowship and just be a community together. But we're only doing it from 9.30 to 9.55. If you show up at 10 and try to get tamales, we're going to throw it at you. (laughs) You know I'm joking, right? I got to be clear because some of you, you're very mañosos. I, I know you. You'll show up five minutes before, get the tamal, and then come in here. That's not the point. The point is community, right? And then last but not least, and I'll finish up with this, January 5th, 6th, and 7th, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we're going to have what we're calling First Conference. And let me tell you why First Conference. The reason uh, we're calling it that is because the Bible tells us to give God the first fruits, to put God first. And every year in January, we do a 21-day fast, right? To begin the year seeking the Lord. And we're going to do that. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you, and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.